This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. What does it mean to be a trailblazing woman? Well, let's just ask our next guest because she is one. She was raised by one and she's using her voice to elevate women across the country and inspire equality and leadership and hope for our future. She has a series of books um, that we're gonna talk about today. I read the latest one to my daughter last night, the She Persisted series, and she is just incredible. Please welcome my friend, Chelsea Clinton. Children are large, Drew. And you have two boys. I do, and my two and a half year old's a giant. Okay, so the last time you came here was like the morning after the insurrection? It was the morning after the insurrection. And here we are uh, in the middle of a new war. And how do we persevere? How do we go about our days when such difficult things are happening? Oh gosh, Drew, well, there, there is a lot um, happening. I mean, here in our city of New York, across our country, and certainly around the world, um, we see the ongoing humanitarian crisis in Ukraine, although we know that Ukraine isn't the only country in the world that is under kind of war and violence and kind of threat from outside or inside. Um, and I think either we can drown in the despair, or we can decide to try to do something about it. And I think there is a lot that we can do. I mean, for those of us with resources, we can donate to the International Rescue Committee and so many of the amazing organizations who are on the front lines trying to give people food and medical support and hope. We can put continued pressure kind of especially for those of us who live in democracies, to have a unified effort to stand up to Putin and all of his brutality. Um, because I think ultimately, Drew, optimism is a moral choice. And I think it is the more moral choice to choose to be optimistic, to choose to believe that our efforts and our energies can make a difference. Because otherwise, we just all like put our covers over our heads. And I don't think that's gonna make us feel very good. Right? I think that's then just seeding to hopelessness. I would much rather try to act hopeful and try to create more hope in the world so that that happiness you talk about is hard won because we know we have all tried to do our part. And you just did it. You just did it. I always love that you and I also, I, and I cannot hold a candle to your experience growing up in front of everybody. 
I, I just, I love asking you life advice because you are very full of grace and I don't know, how do you do it? How, how do you remain this full of grace while the world is difficult, while people are divided or different? What's your one foot in front of the other? Well, I think being myself, somewhat stubbornly, um, I'm terrible at being other people, but I just am not an actress. I don't have those genes like you do. And I can't do it in real life. I can't fake anything. I can't fake anything. And, and yet then I do know I have to um, take care of myself so that I can hopefully take care of others. The others in kind of the smaller world of my family and the others in the, in the bigger sense of the work that I feel called to do, whether as, a, as an author or an advocate. So I spend a lot of time with my kids because they just bring me so much joy. And I spend a lot of time running because <laughs> I find running is like my meditative space. Um, and I'm also, I'm quite religious and I was able to finally go back in person to church a few weeks ago, which meant a huge amount to me to be able to be kind of in the sanctuary was a very different experience than live stream. Although like God bless my minister for just never giving up on those of us on the other side of the screen who she couldn't see or kind of be with in, in kind of physical community. And so all of that really matters to me and is then how I try to help remind myself that I do matter. So then I can try to do more work that I hope creates more, more possibility for more people in more places. And you do. Church, running, stubbornly being yourself. All three of those things seem doable, attainable, admirable. When you move your body, you do shift your chemistry. And I bring up chemistry because I sat last night um, with Olive and um, we were reading the latest in the She Persisted series. I am such a fan of these books. This one is science. Yes. I want young readers to think, oh my gosh, like I can go off and discover amazing things about um, animals I might not even know yet, like Jane Goodall, or I can have amazing scientific discoveries like Rosalind Franklin. I found so many of the kids that read early versions of She Persisted in Science were actually particularly drawn to Flossie Wong-Stahl and to Rosalind Franklin because their work has also helped us understand COVID. Yeah. It's helped in the development of the COVID-19 vaccines. And so I think it also is just great for kids to understand, oh my gosh, these incredible things that women did decades ago are now mattering to, to my life, are now helping to save people's lives today. And I appreciated reading a children's book, which is very much for any age. And they're just so illuminating about what women, extraordinary women have done. It's so celebratory, it's so inspirational. So when I was reading the book with um, my children, Middle in like an earlier version, my son, Aiden, who's five, like, was fascinated with Gladys West who helped invent GPS. Yes! And he was like, what? You used to not know where you were going? And I was like, yes. Way back when I was your age, we got lost sometimes. <laughs> like he couldn't believe that there was a tech. He was like, you didn't have a phone with like a map on it? And I was like, no, I didn't even have a phone. I mean, it was just, I was like, oh my gosh, how much has changed? So much is changing. Now, um, how did you get that resource? How did you get that memo that there was nothing you couldn't do or 
Did you feel like that as a kid? You know, my mom and I have talked about kind of this question a lot because when I was growing up in in Little Rock in Arkansas in the 80s and 90s, you know, I had my mom as a role model. I also um, had most of my teachers and my principals who were women. My pediatrician was a woman. The mayor of Little Rock when I was a kid was a woman. And so I, I just had such a profoundly different um, experience than, than my mom had had when she was growing up um, you know, in, in suburban Chicago where um, the only, most of her teachers were men. The principals were all men. Like the people that she saw in elected office were men. Any doctor or dentist that she interacted with was a man. Like she just had such a different experience than I did a generation later. And so I think, yes, it was the power of my mother's example and my amazing grandmother's examples. And it also was just the world that I was growing up in. And so I do think we have to continue to have affirmative examples of, of, of strong, amazing, persistent women who have done remarkable things in, in many different fields because it matters to me as the mom of a, a daughter and two sons that all of them look up to women. Right? It, it, I think, is really exciting for me that I see, you know, in, in my son who's five, um, like if you ask him like what an athlete looks like, he talks about Megan Rapino. Like that's what he sees as an athlete. Um, partly because he loves her pink hair and admittedly also because he loves soccer and our American women are a little better than our American men at the moment uh, <laughs> on the soccer field. Um, and so I see that it matters because I see it in my own kids. Yep. All right, we have to go to a quick commercial break, but we're gonna come right back more with Chelsea Clinton. Clinton. All right, so I found a picture, Chelsea, and it just, it really, <laughs> it did everything in my heart. I, I love this picture so much. Look at how lovely, where is this? Okay, so this is in the governor's mansion, because um, my dad was governor. Um, I really wanted to be a clown, and I really wanted my mom to be a clown, and my mom just said, okay. And so one of the reasons this is also so special is this is the last time we dressed up together. Yeah. Well, maybe I love my mom. This Halloween, maybe it's time for twinning 2022. Oh. <laughs> twinning 2022. Yes. I'm in. I'm in. All right. So this is one of our favorites. This is one of your favorites. And can I, I think, ask I hope, you great. about yes. some favorites in your life? Of course. Okay. Are you ready? Let's do this. I'm like, am I ready? All right, I'm ready. All I right. know, I feel like I also need to shake What's it out. What's a favorite present that your parents got you? Well, probably the train set that I got. Thank you. Yeah, I, I loved my train set. Um, yeah, I think my train set that they gave me for Christmas when I was probably about that age, like five or six. So you were like, they get me. Yes. Did they ever get you a present where you were like, they don't get me? Not really, but I... I will say my um, paternal grandmother, my grandma Gentry, who passed away when I was 13 and is one of the great, I don't know if you can really regret things you can't change, and yet it feels like this great regret for me that I didn't know her as an adult. Um, she loved everything bright, everything bright. Like she wore bright colors, she wore bright makeup, everything in her house was bright except for the life-size cutout she had of Elvis in black and white uh, in the well, corner. Uh, this is my point! 
Everything was bright and when amazing. When I was growing up, everything was Elvis. Everything was bright, and then there was Elvis. And, and she would always, and I, I have always had more muted tones in my life. And so every year my grandma Ginger would give me like the brightest colored sweater or skirt or like <laughs> hair bows. Um, and although at the time I was like, oh, she doesn't get me. I now get what she was trying to do. Trying to bring brightness and She was color. trying to bring brightness into my life. And I wish that she would have lived long enough so I could have said, I understand. Maybe you can say it. Yeah. Okay, favorite midnight snack? Um, oh God, it's so boring. I really, I really like almonds and dark chocolate. Isn't that boring? I needed something more exciting, but it's the truth. <laughs> yeah, the I'm truth sorry. is what I want. Okay, I'll try to be more exciting for the next one and also truthful. Um, okay, your favorite thing that your husband does around the house? Um, sings with our kids. Oh, it's it is really cute. We we like I'm sure many of you who have small children, um, we watch Encanto every week now, and we listen to the soundtrack every night. And it really, my husband is such a good sport, and so like all of our kids are singing whatever in their own registry of like we don't talk about Bruno and Mark's like right there with them. Um, okay, your yes. favorite TV show right now. Well, I love The Great British Bake Off more than maybe any television show I've ever seen. People love it. I really do love it. And my kids also like baking shows, so we watch Baking Impossible, which was fun, where there was like a baker and an engineer. We just finished watching School of Chocolate. Okay, favorite movie right now? I mean, I, I haven't seen any movie except for with my children. Right. I mean, I we... The other day I was like, we have to take a break from Encanto. I know. Yeah. We all love Encanto. And so then we watched Moana again. And I was so happy to see Moana. Whereas like last year I was like, oh my gosh, we need a break from Moana. And then we were watching. Have you seen Sing 2? We, we loved Sing 2. And two. the soundtrack is great. The soundtrack is great. I highly recommend Sing it. Sing 2 though got quickly displaced admittedly by Encanto in our house. Okay. Throw on Sing 2. Yeah. Um, okay. Your favorite thing to do by yourself. Nobody's watching. And um, yet... I, no, I, like, I do, I run, and I don't let anyone run with me, which is maybe not the most generous place to no. be. But, like, my husband, I'm like, I love you, no. Or even my it. friends who are big runners, like, I'm like, that's great, you can go right and I'll go left. It is, it is my time. It's my time. Okay, favorite mistake. So when I was in first grade, the pinnacle of my acting experience was when I was um, the Wicked Witch of the West in um, our first grade play. In hindsight, I realized I only got that part because I could read, um, not because <laughs> of my acting abilities. Um, and I convinced my mom to let me dye my hair green. And she wanted me to do like the spray on dye. And I convinced her to do like the wash dye. And it didn't come out for weeks. And so in my like first grade photos, it's, it's tinged green. And it's not terribly attractive. And I look like really pretty self-conscious because I know that my hair is still green. Oh. And maybe the moral is I should have listened to my mother, which is often the moral of the story. <laughs>
Um, who is your favorite rebel right now? Because your books Ooh. are all about these women. Maybe who, Jane Goodall, yeah. who I do write about in the book, just because she is still out there, like fighting for conservation and fighting to put communities at the center of their conservation efforts. And like at any point in time, that woman could have said, like, I've done enough. What would it take for you to ever run for president? Oh, wow. That's not where I thought that question was going. Um, oh, gosh. You know, I, I just don't see that in my path right now. Um, and yet, I do think it's important that for any of us who care about our country, who care about our world, to constantly be asking ourselves, like, should we run for public office? because there are tens of thousands of elected public offices in our country, and it matters who's sitting in the White House, as we have certainly seen recently. It also matters who's sitting in city council, on a school board, who's running the local sanitation commission. Like, all of these things really matter. And so for me, like writing, advocating, my podcast, using my platform in ways, especially during Women's History Month, to lift up and celebrate women is what feels kind of right and good for me. But I don't know if that's always gonna be the answer. But right now I feel well represented and well purposed in other ways. Well, I don't know anyone who has as much grace as you do. I mean, you have really just lived a life and been a very admirable person the whole time. And I really respect that. Well. I try. I don't always get it right, um, but I always try. Persist. Persist. And you can hear more from Chelsea on her amazing podcast called In Fact with Chelsea Clinton, and you can pick up the latest in her glorious series, She Persisted in Science, which is in stores now, and it's phenomenal, such as you. Thank you. Thank you, Chelsea. We'll be right back. Thank, Thank you, everybody. So Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.